I'm going to say it again. Ronda Rousey was not filler. It did not go on too long. It was Ronda Rousey. You can take as much time getting to that as you need, as you want. It doesn't matter. She's the number one draw in the world. She's the number one fighter in the world probably right now. If she's going to step into a WrestleMania ring, you take your time. This is the Yes Talk. WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's going to be called down the middle, 50-50. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. I heard you laugh. I heard you get off on it, brother. In their business life and in their private life. Welcome to the Yes Talk Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Kaufman. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening at home. Uh, We have a great show lined up. We also will be on the phone with Kevin Kellum up here in a little bit. Uh, To get things started, I would like to just, I'd like to talk from the heart. I'd like to share a story with you guys real quick. Uh, I was feeling good this week. I was feeling generous. I was feeling happy. I I wanted to buy my 11-month-old, almost one-year-old son. Uh, a WWE little toddler shirt, right? He wears two teeth. He's a big boy, right? I wanted to buy him a toddler shirt, maybe a onesie. I just so I go to the shop WWE and they had zero. I'm gonna say it again: zero Daniel Bryan toddler uh, shirts, onesies, anything. I'm like, why would they do this? And it, after seeing the way they pushed them, I mean, it makes me think: are they really? Do they really just not believe in him? I mean, how can they not see the numbers? Or I mean, the fans, I don't understand. So I went through and I wanted to get a list. And so I went through the entire shop, WWE, and to see where he was and why he would have so little uh, merchandise on the website. So for the toddlers, he had zero toddler shirts, zero onesies, zero Daniel Bryan kids long sleeves, zero sweatpants, zero sweatshirts. Uh, and that's all for toddlers for, uh, for random merch. He has zero wallets, zero belt buckles. He has one phone case that just says yes, zero hats, one pendant that says yes again, zero bracelets, zero rings. Although they have these championship belt rings that are pretty awesome. I'm not much of a jewelry guy, but I am considering one of those, uh, zero side plates. If you have your championship belts, they have the side plates for those zero Daniel Bryan. Cause apparently he's not a champion in the eyes of WWE zero Daniel Bryan sticker sets and then in adult men they do have five authentic shirts uh zero long sleeve shirts one tank top muscle tee yeah because that's where his merchandise should be uh zero jerseys they actually only had one wrestlemania jersey it was a pretty cool product i'd like to i'd like to see authentic jerseys for more superstars i'd sport one of those that'd be cool uh women three authentic t-shirts zero zero premium t-shirts zero long sleeve and fashion tops uh for the women uh, in fact only two divas that do have those shirts is nikki bella and the bella twins uh so yeah, but don't worry there's plenty of brie mode uh, merchandise through the whole thing they had zero women Tank tops, three sweatshirts and fleeces. Uh, this is the only category that Daniel Bryan has more pieces than John Cena. Uh, one button boot with snow boots uh, that are black that say yes. He's actually the only one with that product. I guess Daniel Bryan's pushing for snow boots. Zero socks, zero female bracelets, zero women wallets, toys, zero action figures. What? Okay, I know they have a Daniel Bryan action figure because I have one on my wall. All right. They, how can there not be a Daniel Bryan action figure in on the WWE website? Are you kidding me? Uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, I have a wall of champions. Hey, yo. You know who I am, but you don't know 
why I'm here. And next week, me and my surprise buddy, we are taking over. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Good War, job, bitch. Man. That was uh, <laughs> that was Captain Awesome from the Spanish announce table. I declared we're going to have a Tuesday Night War between us, and that was the start of it. Okay. <laughs> Back to what we were at. Uh, we have zero action, zero Daniel Bryan action figures. Uh, uh, I, I do have one. I have one on my wall. I have a wall of champions. I have Daniel Bryan on one side, CM Punk on the other with a championship belt in the middle, and Rocky right in between. I'll take pictures of it. I'll put it on Twitter for you uh, at the at the Yes Talk on Twitter. Uh, they had a Cena and Ultimate Warrior battle pack of action figures because those two had some amazing feuds. Never. Uh, why would you sell them together? Why not Cena and Brian SummerSlam 2013 action figures? The Vader action figure is actually pretty sick. They had DX, big surprise. Um, uh, they have a Batista, Kofi Kingston, Cody Rhodes, not even Stardust, and Cara Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry. Uh, they do have Cesaro, which is good, and they had a Hulk Hogan pop figure uh which is okay they had, this sounds like a commercial but they had zero stack downs uh 2k14 brian was the alternate cover to the rock but only because it was based off a fan contest and that's what the fans do is they put daniel bryan over um uh they had one shaker bottle for protein shakes one gym bag uh cena had two gym bags i don't know why you need two gym bags i guess one's to keep your ego in uh, zero gym towel, zero autograph photo, zero unsigned plaques, one signed plaque. Uh, that's only, th- uh, th- they had th- uh, one signed plaque. They only had three plaques, actually, a Sting, Brock Lesnar, and a Dan O'Brien. So that's a pretty nice place to be in for him at that point. Uh, they had two posters. Uh, Cena had one, Triple H had one, and zero pictures, which the pictures are just like 11 by 14. The posters are 24 by 36. Here's the thing. You hear Daniel Bryan has two posters. Cena only has one, and you think, all right, one up for the S-Man. Daniel Bryan's poster are both 24 by 36. John Cena's poster is 54 by 80. Both Daniel Bryan posters together don't match one of John Cena's ego poster. It's basically five feet wide and eight feet tall. That's like Andre the Giant tall. This this is like having a life-size Andre the Giant John Cena in your living room. At least I hope it's in your living room. I don't want to meet the person that has an eight-foot-tall John Cena in their bedroom. Uh, they had two Rob Schamberger original art prints. For the D-Man, uh, who is the official WWE artist, and from what I hear, WWE doesn't tell him what to paint or uh, or how to paint his pieces. Uh, none of his pieces actually said yes on it. They imagine that. They're just putting Daniel Bryan in a positive light. Zero DVDs. 97 on the website. Zero DVDs. Sheamus has a best of. They had more Scooby-Doo DVDs on the website than last year's winner of WrestleMania. Uh, they do have a Daniel Bryan uh, standee, which is like a cardboard stand-up of Daniel Bryan. But even it's not recent. It's He's got a short beard and a buzz cut. It's almost like they just printed these off for promotional reasons and then decided to not promote him. Like, uh, And then uh, they, they have the Yes Chant foam arms. Uh, one... <laughs> They had one item in the sale bin, uh, and while I was there, I noticed they had some really cool zombie, WWE zombie figures, uh, some of your favorite WWE superstars. Zero Daniel Bryan. Uh, <laughs> five of his shirts were featured in new products, so maybe they're trying to just say, okay, all right, or maybe they don't update the website, but maybe this is their way of saying, okay, we, we need to give you some more 
merchandise. But while I was there, I did notice something else that I want to talk about. Uh, uh, there is a nice new Triple H limited edition resin statue that's going for a very reasonable $295. In case any of you have extremely bad taste. I don't mean to hate, but it looks goofy. It looks goofy, and it is goofy. It's goofy because it's a statue of a person who ordered a statue of themselves. Like, this kind of art is usually presented to the person by the artist, and you know this did not happen like that. The Mike McFarlane Undertaker statue was amazing. It was one of the coolest things as a... As, as coolest things by far as a pro wrestling fan uh, for pro wrestling merch that I've seen. That thing was cool with a capital cool. All right. It was like finally a pro wrestling piece uh, of art that isn't cheesy as fuck that even somebody who doesn't like wrestling could look at and say, that is really awesome. When I saw that Mike McFarlane Undertaker piece, I felt like this person put as much passion into this statue uh, that we as wrestling fans have for pro wrestling. And I feel like Triple H felt the same way, but just failed miserably on the delivery. Uh, as I mentioned, The Undertaker didn't approach Mike Farland to have that art made. Whether McFarland approached WWE or WWE approached McFarland, The Undertaker didn't initiate that. Uh, somebody wanted to make that for him and of him. Uh, but you know, Triple H called somebody. Triple H called somebody himself and said hi. I'm Triple H, and I want to have a giant statue made of myself of me standing in my underwear holding a sledgehammer like I'm about to beat my wife. I'll be standing in front of a metal bondage mask, and I'll be wearing booties. It's got him standing in, a wrestling, in wrestling gear with his arms raised holding the sledgehammer. He's standing in front of a proportionally oversized replica of his retarded skull, uh, skull mask. And he's uh, and he's in his I'm gonna spit water pose, uh, <laughs> except he's not spitting water, but his mouth is open like he's about to spit the McMahon water all over the production crew again. I would say the coolest thing about the new Triple H statue is going to be the look on your landlord's face while you're showing it to him and explaining why you only have half your rent. I'm not. Alone this evening, I am actually on the phone. We have with us the voice of Pro Wrestling Examiner, uh, Mr. Kevin <laughs> Kellum. How are you? Uh, how are you today, tonight? How you doing, Dusty? I'm all right. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. And you're uh, you're you're up in Chicago at the moment, right? That's yeah. I'm up in Chicago uh, doing the the comedy wrestling hustle. No different than yourself. <laughs> you actually run some comedy uh, slash wrestling, some wrestling themed comedy shows at a wrestling bar. It, now, yes, on. the best wrestling themed restaurant in the world. Okay, owned by the former WWE Women's Champion Victoria, uh, but most people nowadays know her as Lisa Marie Varen. Okay, and it's a really great place. I've been involved with them for over a year. I don't run the show like every month. But we try to run it around bigger events and cool stuff. And then I also host, like, bus trips they have. So, like, when WWE comes to Chicago, like, we have Extreme Rules this month. We'll have a bus trip, and I'll, like, host a bus trip and do, like, games and stuff like that with people. And then these comedy shows we do, they're called Hot Cup of Mania, which is a spinoff of the wrestling, uh, the, the stand-up comedy variety show that you've been on. You know, you, can't, you toured through Chicago a couple years ago, and that's how I met you. Yeah. And so we do a spinoff version of that that's all wrestling themes. So it's like a standard comedy show, a little bit of wrestling talk, and then people do their acts, but it's just like a really cool way for like wrestling nerds to see a standard comedy show that's like geared towards them, you know? 
That's awesome. And so how long have you been doing that show? Uh, we do like three or four of them. Hello? Kevin? Did you did you mute something? No, no, it just went like it, it went it went AOL 1995 on me there for a second. Oh, oh no! All right. Um, it's all right. We're, just go with it, dude. Um, <laughs> so so uh, I have a I have a TV project I'm working on, and maybe I'll mention that later. I don't want to do too many plugs on top too many plugs on top of each other, but the, the TV project I'm trying to like finish filming things within a certain time when we have comics. Uh, but in May. We're going to do uh, a really cool thing. We're going to have like a trivia show and a stand-up comedy show together, kind of like a pro-am where we're going to put like a, a pro wrestler with a comedian what? and uh, a normal wrestling fan. So there'll be like these trios, right? There'll be like an independent wrestler who's in Chicago with a lot of great independent wrestling in Chicago, a really cool wrestling fan and a really cool comedian, and they'll compete as trios in a trivia tournament. And whoever wins each round will get to send their comedian up to do some stand-up for like five minutes. So it'll be like this kind of like fun way to do a stand-up comedy show with a game show. So we're working on that. And that's The Squared Circle. You guys can follow them on Twitter at the SQD Circle, And it's located in Chicago at the corner of Ashland and Fullerton. You can watch all the WWE shows there. They have really great food, great deep dish pizza. Um, and, uh, they have awesome stuff, just really good burgers. My favorite is the uh, pulled pork ciabatta sandwich they have. Just great stuff. <laughs> Who are uh, so, do you ever get any uh, any fun uh, any fun names out to your shows or planning on in the future? Oh, yeah! Like uh, we doing the show with Lisa Marie is just awesome. Oh, you know, because I, I she's just always been one of my favorite female wrestlers. And uh, so I believe she's stand-up? in California now, but oh. uh, she still is involved with the restaurant, I believe. And just getting to work with her and having her blessing, of like, oh, this guy's really funny, and I really like this. And just her as someone who had such a successful career in entertainment, just saying, like, do your thing, and I like this. And having, like, input from her perspective on it was something I always appreciated. And it was just really cool. I'm a wrestling fan. And to get to perform in this, like, kind of boutique show, I guess is the best way of putting it, was really, really cool. You know, like, if you were in the military, you would love to go do a USO tour, right? Um, like, I'm a wrestling fan, so I, I'm spoiled with the fact that I can go out and tell, like, jokes about Ric Flair that I don't think a regular comedy audience might get. They might get to a degree, um, but it might be something that goes over the head, whereas if you do with this crowd, they love you. You're, like, one of them. And it just resonates a little bit more because it's like you're still a great comedian, but you're also doing it for a very specific audience. It's somewhat indulgent. It's not like a show I think that's for everybody, but look it up. Just check out our Facebook page. It's Hot Cup of Comedy. It's facebook.com backslash Hot Cup of Comedy, and we'll uh, tell you about our next big show at the Squared Circle there. Man, you know, that's I really like that idea. Something like that, I don't know how far you want to take it, but it seems like you could totally book some stuff and, like, play that, build that name, like, put a theme wrestling show and start like doing shows around like mania time every year, just go to the cities and, you know, try. Oh, to like... there's, there's a fellow who's pretty much ahead of the game on me on that. And he kind of, it was a pretty solid inspiration for that. And that's Marty DeRosa. One, one, just one of the, you may have Marty. He's a great comedian. He did the $5 wrestling series with Colt Cabana. Who's just one of the funniest wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, just look up his stuff. It's really, really funny. He, I know he always does big comedy shows. Every year, the past couple of years with WrestleMania at WrestleCon, which is like the independent um, wrestling convention that's kind of held 
in the same city as WWE and WrestleMania. And when you go to WrestleMania now, it's not just, obviously people go there for WWE and the biggest show of the year, but you get to see like literally the entire world of wrestling converse in one place. And it's just so much fun. And Marty's been like just really, really fun doing stuff like that. Marty's done some of the hot couple media shows. And it's just been a, it's been a total hoot. We had uh, Todd Thomas, who's also who's also a wrestler uh, who wrestled for PWG. He he does stand up. He came into the show. Uh, a buddy of mine who's a really really strong comedian right now and just really hustling to the Midwest. He performs at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Jay Washington used to wrestle all over Chicago until he had a neck injury, and now it's just a great stand up. So getting to be able to bridge those two passions, it's just. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you ever get to write jokes about wrestling and people pop for them, like you, Dustin, as a comic, you, like, explode for it. It's, like, so much more special. Yeah. Like, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, I, I record another show before this here at the studio, Talk Drops. It's a, uh, And so we actually happened to, one of the guys that was here happened to have watched uh, Part of Mania, and uh, we, so we started talking about how, like, and they were like, what do you, pro wrestlers do after their career and uh and i actually mentioned a lot of them are actually doing comedy now so and you're sitting here saying that there's a lot of people even on the indie circuit who are like wrestling and doing comedy at the same time and it's really kind of found this like cross like genre like comedians used to like cross you know get along with strippers but now it's like comics and wrestlers <laughs> seem to have a new niche going on out there it's a it's a little less gross, right? <laughs> it's like it's, it's like slightly it's only slightly less disgusting. <laughs> like it's like it's not like <laughs> it's like I wouldn't mind if I'm like doing a show with Roddy Piper and he sticks some like ones down my pants because I need the money. Um, but it's only slightly less disgusting, right? <laughs> um. All right. So we have uh, we have a lot to. Uh... We have a lot to cover today. Where you yeah, go? you brought you brought up rest, you brought up wrestlers who do comedy after their careers. I got to open up for Jake the Snake Roberts at the Whip Theater in January. That's incredible. And like it was just How's his and ass? he was incredible. How's his ass? He was absolutely incredible. He was like he told all these amazing stories. I think a lot of the wrestlers they tend to transition to those shows just kind of like live storytelling shows. Sure, sure, um, sure. But he. Yeah, but he had all the punchlines, everything. Everything that was there was – and if you guys get a chance to see Jake the Snake's show, absolutely go see it. But move along, moving along, moving along. So who else – like, I know Mick Foley's out there. Ziggler, even on his Twitter, says he's a stand-up comic who makes money as a pro wrestler. It's like <laughs> – like, that's what his – um, you ever try to get any – I wonder if he's gotten into trouble for that. I wonder if he's like – you know what I mean? Like, would get some – get some heat just for saying something like that. Uh, I doubt it. I mean, I guess he doesn't get the best pushes, so maybe it's uh maybe it's hand in hand, you know? Why why isn't he doing like you know like you I have the network, you have the network. We all watch it. Like we're diehard fans, right? Sure. But him doing like an original purely original comedy show um on the network for fans, like casual fans, would I just think would just be an easy no brainer idea. Like it wouldn't be something that cost them a lot of money to do. And and he's such a funny guy. I know the YouTube series he had it was just kinda like a Tosh point out where he kinda like jokes about fail videos. Um I don't know if they do it anymore, but it was really, really funny. And like he was really, really good at it. And you always get this impression in interviews. He's just so charismatic and he appreciates comedy. I know he's in LA, like on his days off is doing like, especially with the WWE touring schedule, 
is doing comedy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like that's the guy works so hard. I, I just don't think like he there's personality points that aren't being really cashed in with him, especially in the comedy world. You know? Yeah. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people, a lot of different types of people through my shows, movies, webs, cough drops, talks, whatever, yes, talk, all of it. I mean, I've just interviewed a lot of people, and I really find that some of the best interviews are professional athletes because they're, I think it's because they're so used to doing like so much press work, so much PR, radio, like they really just have, are they're comfortable being natural under a microphone. And I mean, and as much performance on with a microphone as you do in professional wrestling, I mean, it really just makes sense. I mean, the, the, once you've felt people applaud and cheer, and once you've entertained, there's really nothing else you ever want to do. And so I think it's... Oh, more, dude, you get, you get addicted to the pops, man. You do. You, you, you get into it, you know? You do. You, yeah. You I, I got to work with AAW Wrestling in Chicago. I, I do backstage interviews for them. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like this week we're bringing in Samoa Joe. Ooh. And we're going to have Samoa Joe on a show called Hell Half No Fury on... Friday night in Berwyn, Illinois. So you get to and it's just Samoa. a stack show and, and getting to work backstage on interviews, you get to see those guys like come back and like you see that adrenaline of just, oh, we popped the crowd. And you see comics do the same thing, like when they perform in a big sold out show. It's the same it's a re- very relative feeling. I don't think it's the exact same thing, but it's uh, you know, it's in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Talking WWE though, let's get to let's get to the current. What did you think of the <laughs> What did you think of the wrestle uh, WrestleMania? What was your overall opinion? We're only a, just over a week out. I thought it was a really really good show. I didn't. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. I know there's some people that really overreacted and said, "Oh, it's one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time." Blah blah blah. I think it's one of the best WrestleManias. I don't think it's the best WrestleMania. Like if you're talking like top ten, it it's creeping into that top ten. It's not the ultimate one. I don't know exactly what one that is. That's a different show and a different discussion completely. But it's definitely um, a show that that over-delivered on everyone's expectations. I think the build for WrestleMania this year was, like, lacking, I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah, And some people were, like, bummed out about what was going on. But there's still, there were so many attractions on it that you were still, like, you wanted to see it. You wanted to see Sting. You wanted to see what was going to happen with Roman Reigns, especially when uh, Brock Lesnar resigned and Brock was just kind of on a hot streak of being super intense and was like being unique in the sense that we you weren't overexposed to Brock Lesnar. And uh, no, there was weren't. just really cool matches on the undercard. There was stuff there, but the build and the hype machine just didn't feel right. You have to feel like wrestling is a show where that Monday before, and you got to be like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, like you want to feel like, oh, I can't wait until Sunday, right? Yeah. And I didn't particularly feel that this year. Um, I did but about I Thursday. watched the show with friends, and it totally delivered. Oh, yeah, it definitely delivered. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I probably started – I mean, I, I'm just – I was excited for the whole thing. I was excited to watch the Hall of Fame on Saturday. I would just uh, be able to do that. I think that's awesome that they show that on the network. I just, the whole event is just wonderful. I, you know, just the weekend, the food, the excitement, the once a year. And yeah, they Oh, go, like the get, get, did you have the big party with friends type thing? No, I just had a, it was a small party, but we had big sandwiches with friends. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's the fun thing. Like, I had a big party with people and we had like a ton of food. Yeah. Right. And I did it with uh, a friend of mine, Creed, who works 
backstage with me at AEW. We used to do a wrestling show together, and we've been like lifelong friends. So you're watching with people that like you want to see it with them and appreciate it with them. Just like if uh, you're a big Kansas City Royals fan you, and they got in the playoffs of the World Series, you want to get together and like watch the game, right? Yeah. So it was like WrestleMania still has that get together and watch it type thing. It's not a show where I'm like, oh, I'll just wait and like, you know, like uh, Extreme Rules, because it's in Chicago, I may end up going to it. But like the next pay-per-view, I may not see it live and like watch it later on Sunday night and just watch it by myself or something, you know? But uh, WrestleMania is still one of those shows. It's like, it's so special. It still has that special feeling to it. I'm trying to go to that. Uh, but this year, I'm, this I like think, was, I... you wanted it to be awesome. And I think it really surprised a lot of people. I wouldn't call it the best show ever, though. Um, I want to, I don't want to go over, definitely don't, we're not going to go over the whole card again. But I was thinking, no, I was no, no, thinking no. about something uh, last night, watching Raw. I started thinking about The Undertaker and WrestleMania and his streak and the anticipation that's built around those matches, at least the anticipation that had eventually been built around those matches. Uh, you know, like saying that like just being in a match with Undertaker at Mania can make you and stuff just to that mentality. And I don't know how much of it was really the streak as it was Undertaker trying to have another match and with an opponent that was equal to those of Shawn Michaels. Because that was only 17 and 0. I mean, that wasn't like a magic number. It was a great number. I'm not going to say only, mm -hmm. but he was at 16. And I feel like, you know, they they didn't care. It wasn't as big of a thing. I mean, it was there. It was definitely there. They were definitely counting him at that point. But mm -hmm. it, it was the match with Shawn Michaels at Mania. And I feel that really set the tone way more than the streak, you know? Um, and I think, you know, the streak left, but I also feel that people maybe just see that we're not going to have that level of a match again. And I think that maybe that might be some of the lack of steam that Undertaker fans were having going into this year's. It's just saying that, okay, I mean, the streak is gone, but so is that level of match. You know what? You might be right. You know, like the idea of... uh let's have the streak end because Undertaker feels he can still perform, but he doesn't feel like he can do the things he once did before. Right. Right. And I, I, some people like crapped on the Bray Wyatt match that Undertaker had. I loved it. Like, I didn't think it was the best match. I didn't think it was better than, uh, the, the, the matches he had with Shawn Michaels or the match he had with CM Punk or any of that. I'm not implying that. Or couple, even the stuff he did with Triple spots. H. Yeah. It was just a really, really cool match to see The Undertaker back in the ring, looking good, having a good match. And, like, I don't think people understand that, like, that's kind of all it should be now. Like, is like he, he's the Undertaker. He's the most mythic, rare, like, a character that WWE's ever made that has so much um, unreplaceable credibility, win or lose, that you can't deny that that means something. I think some people just kind of attached his magic to the streak. If the streak went away, then he's gone, and it just can't be the same thing. But treat it as 
This is a guy you've watched your entire life. Entire, just entire. have really cool matches, and that should mean something. When did that just like disappear? You know what I mean? I think people's expectations kind of fluctuate up and down based on well, they didn't do the one thing that I thought they were going to do, so. You know, it's not the same. I, I honestly, you know, I would have liked to see again. I said it before. I'd like. I would have. I still think Bray Wyatt should have. It just ended. Ended the career. Like let's. But I know they want to carry it out to thirty-two. They got a hundred thousand seats to fill next year in his home state of Texas. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking it just seems like the direction is that's it for the Undertaker. Like his final match. Next and, year, sure, in so. front of the biggest crowd, so, you can't write a better way to go out. You know, you if, think if, if they gonna... bill it as the Undertaker's farewell match, that's it. I don't think you can. You know what I mean? I don't think you can. You can like you can't redo the streak being broken, right? Who's it going to um, be? That's my like. Who's his last match going to be with? I mean, I, I know everybody says the Sting that. But I mean, God, can Sting just come in and lose two matches in a row? And is Undertaker going to lose yeah, his last match to yeah, a guy who's yeah, you can't because it's the Undertaker and it's WrestleMania. You know what I mean? How? Um, I think. I think that's okay. I don't think that's something where Sting's like, oh, no, my legacy is gone. You know, he's still considered one of the greats. Do you think that is the direction that they're going to go with it? Or could we see, like, uh, I know Undertaker, you know, Undertaker always says he like to loves fighting Kane. Could we see Bray Wyatt again, John Cena? Or- I, I really, really hope it isn't Kane. I know for storyline reasons that would make sense. Yeah. I think you should see some type of – if this is the Undertaker's – you know, lack for a better phrase, uh, really just the best phrase, his last ride to WrestleMania, you know, mm-hmm. um, he's got to have interactions with all the big feuds. Like, I'm not saying he certainly can't have regular matches on TV. You have to preserve him. And he's had so many injuries. He kind of has to be like, you know, kept in that rarefied air, right? Could, could we um, see Undertaker? He should out? have interactions with his previous foes at some point leading up to WrestleMania. Could we see Undertaker call out uh, Shawn Michaels for a number three for that last match? Uh, uh, I don't think Shawn has any desire to get back in the ring. I know he'll come back and do these different things. Like we saw WrestleMania, and he did the super kick on Sting, and sure. he'll he's, he put out a book uh, this this I believe uh, early late last year, or earlier this year, uh, and he does and he has really a working relationship with WWE on various different projects. But it just seems like he's very. Um, set on not being a pro wrestler anymore. Like he, he has no problem like collaborating on different things here and there, and uh, kind of preserving his legacy and, and being an ambassador of the WWE for, for whatever reason you want to say. It. I don't think he needs to come back. You know, I think he needs to be there when the Undertaker walks out and has his final match. I think all of the guys that Undertaker has had big matches with and all of his big rivals should be there. Like there should be, it should be treated as this once in a lifetime send off at WrestleMania when he ends and win or win or lose. That should be, I don't think he should have another match. I don't think you, you can do anything more than a hundred thousand, 90,000 people in your home state. Um, at that point in your career, when no, you're, no, no, you know, no, no. That, he plus or near 50. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just looking at it even before this. I look, I mean, I knew the numbers, I knew what they'd want to do, but I was just like, Man, if Bray Wyatt's your new face of fear, if Undertaker, depending on what he has left, I mean, I mean, if he's just gonna go out, I mean, put over Bray Wyatt and let him. I mean, I'd like to see Undertaker go out in a theatrical Undertaker manner. You know, I mean, I get what oh, you're like like uh, like have a really cool like 
not almost an, a really cool entrance, but a really cool exit. Exit. Like, he used to get carried out all the time. Like, do you remember, was it with Yokozuna where they rolled him down? Yeah, Yoko, Yokozuna 94, and they're like 10 dudes beat him up. And then Taker, like, rose through the video screen, and, like, they did lightning bolts. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, the first time they did, like, a really huge, like, theatrical. Like, they did theatrical stuff with him. But in terms of just, like, completely over-the-top stuff that would only work with his character. I remember watching that on TV as a kid and being like, oh, man, I can't wait until The Undertaker comes back. And every time and I remember seeing his entrance at SummerSlam 94 in Chicago as a kid uh. and just, like, losing my mind, like, just losing my mind that he was going to be there. And, of course, The Undertaker versus Undertaker match at that was not that good. Like, it wasn't anything to, like, really, like, shout home about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a good. I don't know who will fight. I don't know. I don't know who the Undertaker will get at WrestleMania in his final match. It should be a big name guy. I know some people say, "Oh, it should be uh, like a guy whose career gets made on it," but I don't think it's. I don't. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think it should be a guy who gets made by it because then that guy has to live with uh, that defining really his career. That that isn't something that launches him onto something else. Yeah. You know. Brock Lesnar can be the guy who broke the streak but did all these other things because he already did enough to like kind of just add that to his belt, right? So, but if you give it to a guy like Wade Barrett, that's he just becomes the guy who had Undertaker's last match, you know? Well, definitely not Wade Barrett, but I know what you're talking about. Like, it would have yeah. to, but yeah. no, you're right. And so maybe having giving that to Sting, you know, since he's just going to be, yeah, it should, it should definitely be a veteran guy, it should be a guy who's been in the game. I'd love to see it be John Cena. I think John Cena and The Undertaker could have a really fun match. I know they haven't had... I mean, they did matches between Undertaker and John Cena like 10 years ago. Sure. But they never did like an Undertaker, like Dead Man versus John Cena type match. That, I mean, and you know what? John Cena would be a good candidate because John Cena uh, can sell a story for two wrestlers, which uh, after looking at this year, yeah. they had the three top cards. The three top matches were just one-sided salesman like you know bray wyatt selling for him triple h selling for staying and paul Heyman selling for lesnar and roman reigns so i mean they that would be you know, a comfortable situation for john's for uh undertaker is with john cena because john cena could carry it regardless and john cena would be able to like cut those impassioned promos you know and like rally his troops and just rally up fans in general to want to see that type of match. I don't even think it's a match where you really need a feud. Like, it's just a match where you need to say, like, this is The Undertaker's last match, and that's the story. Like, you can do things to build up to the match and have a guy kind of prepare for it, but that's all you need. Like, it just doesn't need to be anything else besides The Undertaker's going to have his last match, it's going to be at WrestleMania 32, uh, here's the guy he's wrestling, and it's going to be, and it's going to be all right. Like, the match, in my mind, can be okay. You're really just going to see that moment, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I thought they could have had his, even Undertaker's Hall of Fame next year would sell those tickets. I think that's going to sell as many tickets as Undertaker in a match. I think it would. At this point, people just want to see the Undertaker, you know? Yeah. And, but but that's why I bring up the Bray Wyatt thing. Like, I think his entrance this year at WrestleMania, because it was kind of outside yeah. uh, with some twilight, was kind of hindered. I think Undertaker's entrances now are so much more important because his appearances are so much more sporadic. It's like you know? half his thing. I would have liked to see the mohawk, but that's just, you know, whatever. Like, no, I, I thought Undertaker looked great with the hair. Yeah. I, I thought he looked, he, looked, he looked really good. He moved really good in the ring. 
Like he, he looked. I mean, certainly looked winded near the end, but he had a really good. I think people crapped on it. Um, I'm going to rewatch the match, some of the matches from WrestleMania tonight, um, just because like I watched him with a big group and stuff like that. But I enjoyed it, and I had some friends who were like, "Why didn't Bray Wyatt win? Bray Wyatt needs to win. The Undertaker already lost at WrestleMania." I was like, "So you're just going to bring the Undertaker out to job? Is that it? You know what I mean? Is, is that like all he's going to do this year? Like, no, the Undertaker should win." Bray Wyatt, I think, um, can still be a character you can do things with. Yeah, there was even a question going into that match as if, like, is Undertaker even going to show up? Is he even going to fight this? Is this going to continue over to next year? You know, there was a lot of – because we hadn't heard anything from him since he lost the streak. I mean, zero. So, like, having that, having Undertaker definitely left a lot to be desired, but it also left a lot to be questioned, which, you know, a lot in question, like what's going to happen. So – all right. Uh, well, I think I, I mean, it was, we definitely had the rare thing where it's like you simply just didn't see him until WrestleMania. Which isn't rare you know, because like he that. used to do things like that. Like, for instance, during the Yokozuna dis- disappearance and those times where he would start disappearing, buried alive, stuff like that. He wouldn't come back until pay-per-views. I mean, it wasn't a full year and it wasn't always WrestleMania, but that's not an uncommon act for The Undertaker in a traditional fashion. Yeah, but, I mean, you also have fans that have different habits now in terms of how they watch it. Like, we watch, uh, uh, even a casual wrestling fan is going to watch Raw every week. That's three hours every week. That's a lot. Like, you want to see those big things happen more and more now. So I think people are kind of, like, less patient with that stuff simply because you consume so much more entertainment now just because it's so much more accessible. So you kind of spin your entertainment clock as a wrestling fan a lot faster than you did originally. So waiting for the undertaker to come back for three months or four months or a year feels a lot more. Cause you're simply watching a lot more wrestling with the network and stuff like that. Having undertaker walk half a football field to the ring next year. Are we, <laughs> we going to see him come out on a motorcycle? <laughs> he was wearing, the I don't, pants. I don't think a motorcycle, but definitely like some, awesome entrance you know what i mean like you think of like how big that stadium is and like how big that they have the world's biggest tv screen like what can you do with that like you can do something different than just like that's a 12 awesome graphics on it undertaker in character at his age walking that i mean you're looking at a 10 minute intro and that's a 10 minute walk i don't care it's awesome though you know what i mean like that i don't care either but that's, that's that's the fact of what you're looking at is like this guy's gonna walk fifty yards to the ring plus in slow mo. It's <laughs> it's gonna be great and it's gonna be dark, which is really gonna help. So it's gonna it's gonna be good. Yeah, dude, and it'll be fun. I, I just think I think the main thing that that hindered the Bray Wyatt Undertaker match at WrestleMania was simply the entrances. And those entrances are such a big deal for both those characters. Um, and the, the, certainly the characters are a big thing. You know, you look at Brock Lesnar, he's simply a badass. He's a real badass character. Roman Reigns to a degree is the same thing. Like you see him walk through the crowd. You believe that this dude can, can like hurt people. You believe that Brock Lesnar can hurt people like the undertaker you believe can hurt you, but it's like creepy and dark and comes from this kind of like, supernatural elements you need to like tap into all those things and kind of really have those elements so when like the sunlight's out and the undertaker is supposed to be scary it doesn't really work that well you know yep i agree i agree all right let's uh let's let's move to the raw recappuccino that's uh that's right we're gonna go over the most caffeinated and bubbly portions of monday night raw uh from last Mm. night 
the Raw Recappuccino. Uh, first, I'd like to thank the WWE for finally flipping the announce tables back over. Uh, <laughs> it only took a week. I don't know. Um, and I, man, with you know Michael Cole or not, I think maybe they should beef up that announce team a little bit. It's really for Monday Night Raw. They 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 should they should have splurged Michael Cole out. Maybe bring in a guest a guest commentator, a fun face, somebody who's strong in that point in the middle to sit between Booker and JBL. Because Booker and JBL. You didn't think Byron was? You didn't think Byron Saxon was kind of grabbing the brass ring? I thought when they kind of threw him in the night after WrestleMania, which is, I mean, being sent in Monday Night Raw as a as a broadcaster and his position is already challenging enough. Um, but then being thrown in the night after WrestleMania with that angle where Michael Cole just got laid out, I think it's already hard enough as it is. So do you think Michael Cole's wanting to get off the table a little bit? Uh, I think the guy deserves a break. You know what I mean? Like the guy works SmackDown and Raw and pay-per-views, and the prep for those shows is through the roof. You know, like the preparation to do those shows and the notes that those guys have to have and the production in their ear. Like, when they're doing that show, they're being produced for the air as it happens. Imagine if you're doing stand-up and you have an earpiece, and I'm reading you your jokes, and I'm telling you to, like, de-emphasize this and re-emphasize that and plug this. And, like, that's a lot of pressure every week to do that on live TV uh, with Vincent Mann, the owner of the company, literally, like, dictating to you. Like, and you have to kind of deliver it in a way that sounds conversational and communicates to all those different fans. I don't think Michael Cole is the awful broadcaster people say he is. I just, you know, I'm certainly fond of Jim Ross and I think there'll always be that like Jim Ross versus Michael Cole debate, but people popped when, when Brock Lesnar laid him out, you know, like they popped huge, like they were losing their minds that Brock was already like going off on everybody. He could get his hands on in that segment on raw last week. And I still think that, that magic will roll over to the next time you see Brock of like, what is Brock going to do now? Like that excitement, I think is the type of excitement they need for a character like Brock. Who's not on TV all the time. Whereas with Michael Cole, I think you can just kind of reintroduce him a couple months down the line. I think he's a guy who deserves a break. I think WWE at this point needs to figure out who's going to be uh, a different lead play by play guy besides Michael Cole down the line. I don't think you need to like, pull Michael Cole from that position permanently now, but I think you need to figure out who's going to be that guy that can take over SmackDown. So we just have, you know, especially with, they just announced today, SmackDown's going to move to USA Network and have a much bigger audience. Okay, guy or gal. uh, Early next year. We could see, uh, we could see a gal taking a, taking a spot at one of those tables, maybe starting at SmackDown. I would love to see Renee Young do that. I think Renee Renee does a good job. We haven't seen Renee be very serious though. Like, Renee is uh, a really good comedic performer. Like, when she does the kickoff stuff and like on, on the network and interacts with the superstars and does things on the YouTube channel, I think she's a really great performer. She's one of my favorite broadcasters that WWE has brought along since um, Jim Ross, along with Joey Styles. But I, she gets wrestling. She appreciates it. But we haven't seen her be, like, super serious or convey, like, those, like, oh, my God moments. You haven't seen that element from her. I don't know. I, I want to see that element uh, in some way where she can impassion you in a dramatic way. 
you know, she's great being funny and lovable and charismatic. I want to see her as a part of WWE, but I'm not saying she can't pull that off. I'm just saying we got to see her turn that wheel, you know? And they obviously have a lot of faith in her. I mean, all the backstage uh, interviews, promos, and also she's always at the head of the table for the pre-shows and for the paper. You know, she's she's always in that far-left position uh, with uh, accompanied by some of the best stars, and she conducts. I mean, she really leads a lot of those, so I could – I could see her working her way up, man, uh, and I think SmackDown would be a good start for her. You'd let her see what she can do for a little bit. Uh, I know they use her on Superstars, which is syndicated internationally and is on the network. So, I mean, she does do play-by-play on that, but, I mean, how many fans – I'll be honest. How many fans make time to watch an hour of Superstars when most of the show is just recaps of Raw and SmackDown anyway? You yeah, know, like, I- it's it's one of those shows where – if you hear about a match here and there, you go and check it out. If I have yeah. time for an extra hour of WWE, it's NXT. That's just yeah, the first. exactly. And, and and you've heard her on NXT, and she's great on NXT. Yeah. But on NXT, she certainly utilized as a color person. She's not a play by play person. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, if anybody hasn't seen Monday Night Raw, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, little spoiler alert the first hour uh how can i just sum up the first hour of last night's monday night raw uh two words Uh seth rollins uh seth rollins came out did the opening promo took about 15 probably 15 20 minutes in the ring uh which led to an orton kane match which went immediately to a backstage vignette with rollins and kane uh, which immediately led to another 15 minute match uh and that was your first hour of raw however Man, I'm not saying anything bad. The man is holding up his end of that belt. He's holding the belt. He's riding it high. And th- but I that op- having that match with Neville, when Neville walked out of that curtain to face Seth Rollins in his second week on Monday Night Raw, I I I I loved it. I loved it. What a great opportunity for such a talented and just a new part of that roster. And I think that really let a lot of people look at him in a different light. He didn't just go out to a, to a job or he didn't just go out to a mid car. I mean, he went out to the, to the WWE world heavyweight champion and he, he, they told the story. Great. They really told the story. Great. Like Neville, he came out confident, but he still, they played him a little as in like, he is the rookie. You know, they kind of, they did say, okay. And they should. They and, should. And they absolutely should. Right. You know, but like to most fans, I think NXT fans would be like, but you know, this is Neville. He's the NXT champion. The NXT fans really got to remember that it's WWE's independent group that they're making. This is WWE doing like their own legit, much more legitimate ECW. This is, uh, this is their triple A. You know, like, and that isn't to take anything away from it. Like, no, NXT no. is really, really fun. I really enjoy it. They have to, you have to remember, there's a lot of other fans that don't, they don't watch it. You know, like, they have the network just for the pay-per-views, and they watch some things here and there, and maybe they don't even have the network. Maybe they just watch the pay-per-views now and then, you know? And they just watch Raw on Monday. So they know Seth Rollins as this, you know, snakish, uh, evil dude. Uh, and and certainly, you, I think you. I like the idea of a champion that people want to chase, and that's that's Seth Rollins. He's yeah. good in that position. After- I, I thought the way the way Neville was presented is like this, uh, like like 
wow, this guy gets a shot. Like it was almost, it reminded me a lot of like one, two, three kid. And all Neville had to do was just hang with him just for a little bit. Like you just had to get the sliver of that. This guy who literally just came up from NXT last week could hang with the world champ. That's it. That's all you had to give them. They gave you just enough of that and made you interested. The next time Neville's out there is who else is he going to hang with? What else is he going to do? All you have to do is just soak a guy with some interest who has a meat of being such a good athletic performer and hide his weaknesses. I mean, that's what you got with Neville. I thought it was great. And another thing that match did, and, you know, after watching Rollins face some, you know, bigger guy, he's been, you know, the, these main roster guys, the the Reigns and the, you know, Orton, they're just, a, it's a different style. So I felt having Seth Rollins go against Neville let us see a whole new level of how good Seth Rollins really is because as we got a whole new level of Neville. Come on, it rhymes. You have to use it. <laughs> At the new level of Neville. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. Uh... That's a shirt I want to buy. I don't want to buy a rot, a resin, a resin, uh, you know, claymated triple H on a new level of Neville shirt. Come on trips. <laughs> But because dude Rollins was on top of him, he was ahead as fast as Neville is, as as quick as aerodynamic. Rollins was ahead of him on every step. He was like, and it's stuff that you see Rollins, that you see Neville do week after week on NXT, and then he gets. And I know that's just how they did it, but Rollins was ahead of him on almost everything. The spots he did get off were amazing. They were great, but yeah, I mean, it was a great match. It was wonderful. It really was. Um, yeah, and it's, and it's really uh, another um, platform for Seth Rollins to kind of. You know, I don't think you need to reestablish a guy when he's the WWE champion. He's a good outing. It's just kind of like a champion. He's, yeah, you, you're they're, they're presenting him as a chicken shit champion, right? That he's kind of dodging real challenges, and he's just kind of like drunk on power and being like the uh, poster boy of the authority and the different things they want to do, right? Um, but he's just still a guy you can have fantastic matches like he can still do oh, these ridiculously yeah. athletic things in the ring so giving him a guy who's around his size allows him to do those things and remind you that even though you hate the dude you're gonna you're gonna like watching him have a match no matter what like you can hate seth rollins he's very hateable but you know when he gets in the ring with anybody he's gonna have a damn good match I, I also love this, not performance-wise, but I love his outfit with the gold stripes, with the new gold strap. He's just, he looks like a champion, and he it, he's great. He's doing great with it, I, really. Uh, you know, and it's just because he's a guy that came from the Indies. He had made a good name for himself. He was champion in the Indie circuit. Uh, and so just to see him in that position uh, on top of the next level, on top of the next level, it's just, it's great because he brings a new element of, of talent and a, and a new level of And it feels skills. so right. It, it feels right that a dude who works this hard, who's crafted his character, who plays his role so well, and is just a very great pro wrestling character and performer deserves it. I had interactions with Seth when he was Tyler Black, uh, and he, it worked with him through promotional things that I would do on a radio show I used to do years ago uh, in the Chicagoland area. And when he was the champion of AAW, which is a, a big independent promotion, from there he got to do Ring of Honor things, and then of course slide on to being successful in WWE. Um, the guy just doesn't stop 
working hard and knows how good he is uh, and, and has a grasp of that. When you have a, a, a drive that's matched by your confidence, you can see it. You've seen comics who are really, really funny, right, Dustin? Yeah. But they don't get how funny they are. Like right. They don't know, oh, you can headline. you got 40 minutes. It's there. You can do this, right? But they don't believe they can do it. Right, or you have comics that work really, really hard, but just don't have the refined uh, act. You know, like they ha- they work really hard, but they don't do it the right way. You know, he's a guy who has the total package. He looks really good. He's not too big and unrelatable. You know, um, he's the he's a great character to make your champion and to make a, a guy you want to see get beat up. Okay, we are still here at the Yes Talk. Apparently, we had a little technical difficulties with Kevin. Uh, I hope we can get him back on the line. Uh, We will just have to see. But moving forward, that doesn't mean that we're going to stop there. Nope, we have a lot more to cover. So here we go. Um, As I was saying, there was a lot of interesting commercials last night. Uh, we, they showed the Avengers commercial, which is, looks awesome. The Avengers two coming out May 1st, nothing to do with wrestling, but still love watching those trailers way better than the trailer for the Marine four starring the Miz and summer Ray. What summer really Ray? What? She's in a movie. Oh my God. That's like the worst attitude ever. I've seen the divas, the total, Oh God, the Miz and summer Ray. Keeping the Marine franchise alive, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, John Cena is back on Raw with the U.S. title, and he's ready to bury another mid-carder. That's right. John Cena's back with the U.S. title, and he's going to bury everybody on the roster that he can. So who's it going to be this week? Stardust. Because why not bury him while he's hot? How hot is Stardust anyways, though, really, right now? Like, he was on fire. Like, and then they pulled his story with his brother and they threw him into this like these losing title match situations. And I'm not really sure he was ready to go solo. And I'm I'm not sure people wanted him to go so soon. Uh, I don't I don't know about you, but I, I still can't look at Stardust without thinking what happened to that story. Where is Goldust? Why was Goldust in the Battle Royal? Are we gonna see a retirement match for Goldust? He looked so good. Uh so why did those two not have a match at WrestleMania 31? Can that was such a good story. I mean, of all the brother stories that they've ran, that was an awesome one. That is an awesome one. It changed a character. It changed the future by giving by giving us this Stardust character from Cody. I mean, I don't know how much more we could have gotten from Cody. Maybe a lot. Maybe we could have gotten a lot and I don't I don't really see Stardust going back to Cody Rhodes from this position. Uh, And it's kind of a cool switch, the monster. Because if you remember, like, the dashing Cody Rhodes, he'd always be in his mirror to tell him how beautiful he is. And and now he's this monster. So it's really a cool evolution for him. Uh, So that's it. I mean, but, you know, here he is. He's going to come out mid-card to the U.S. title. He's going to put Cena over a little bit. Uh, I mean, how do you guys feel as John Cena is the U.S. champion? Let me know. Tweet me. Hashtag the yes talk. How do you feel about John Cena with the U.S. championship title? And how did the U.S. title become about America? How? Every week, John Cena is coming out to defend America. And if this is the case, we need to get rid of the belt. Here's Cena 
to defend America this week against Stardust. Stardust hates America now. Is that really a thing, son of Dusty Rhodes? That's hard to believe. I mean, even in character. I mean, really? I mean, maybe that would be a good character angle for Stardust, right? Make him a terrorist. <laughs> He's here to blow up John Cena's U.S. champ, championship belt, and it's going to be the belt bomb. That's Here comes terrorist Stardust with the belt bomb. The whole angle's bad because what they did, they turned John Cena into Rusev. It's the same thing. Just same character, different flag. Before, you had Rusev with the U.S. title, waving his flag, defend Russia, blah, blah, blah. Now you have John Cena, U.S. title, defending his flag, his country every week. I'm going to fight for my country in the United States Championship. Why does that belt have to be about the country? Why do we need a patriotic belt? Why? I don't understand. Can it just be a title? Can it just be a grounds for a good match? I don't like what they're doing with the U.S. title, and I sure hope they don't try to build it bigger than the Intercontinental belt because it's not. It's not a bigger title, at least in my opinion. In my opinion, coming up, the Intercontinental was always number two, and I really want them and hope that they keep it that way. If they're in a rebuilding period, if they're going to rebuild the company, then rebuild the company. Um, rebuild it, but rebuild it properly. Put that Intercontinental Championship title in that number two spot. Oh, God. All right. When uh, here's another here's another thing. When you guys chant, Cena sucks. You're still chanting for Cena. All right. Very rarely do you hear Cena's opponent get into the mix of that chant. The let's go Cena, Cena sucks. Very rarely do you hear that. I know there was a let's go Cena, let's go Brian. Uh, I think let's go Cena, let's go Wyatt happened. That did happen. But even with like Ambrose and most everybody, it's just let's go Cena, Cena sucks, which I, I really think we need to change that. We need to start putting Cena's opponent into the equation of that chant because whether you're chanting let's go Cena or Cena sucks, you're still just and only chanting for John Cena. And if that's cool, but if you really want to help put the next guy over, if you really want to voice your opinion, don't chant Cena sucks because you're still just chanting for Cena. Um all right, we had uh, Roman Reigns versus Big Show again. Uh, why was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy at ringside? Why is it's been over a week? Does Big Show not have a home to put it in? Does he not have a place to put his trophy? Is he just carrying it on his tour bus? I mean, it's a cool pose, but we saw it. We saw the pose. We don't. How many times do we need to see you standing next to your Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy that you won at a pre-show? Because that's all it was. I mean, it was your first Battle Royal you won. I get it. But, I mean, take the trophy home, man. Just take it home. USPS, FedEx, I don't know. Whatever you got to do. UPS, I'm sure WWE will fly it there for you. Take it home. 
I, I, as many times as we've seen Reigns versus Big Show, I mean, Big Show won the Memorial Battle Royal just to defend Reigns again. Reigns just comes off the main event of WrestleMania with Lesnar, and he goes back to Big Show. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I'm a little torn, okay, because I've seen it. We've all seen the match. We saw it a whole lot. How many times have we seen Reigns versus Big Show? Roman Reigns versus Big Show. Big Show versus Roman Reigns. SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw, paper. I mean, it's all, it's there, okay? Tag team, single, uh, handicap match. I mean, we, we've seen it, okay? But I, I think it's okay right now. And I think it's okay because I think this is, I think Reigns needs time to quietly develop his character. So having him be in these, you know, mid-card matches, because that's really what they are. I mean, these mid-card matches with the big show and Kane. I mean, it allows him to not necessarily be in the main picture, but still, you know, there's still authority, so he's near the main picture, but he can develop. He can still grow, which I think he needs to do. And it's I'm glad he didn't win the triple threat later. We'll get to that, but... Reigns needs time to develop. Um, Big Show with his chest slaps. That's one of his key car- uh, key moves. Unable to really get those while he's wearing his vest with the v- with his with his t-shirt print on it. That's a pretty cool vest, I guess. If you're gonna go into battle, have a bulletproof vest with your own logo on it. I mean, that's that's all right. Uh, so he walked on him. The bottom row face plant. I mean, Big Show beat the hell out of him. He really did. Uh, and and it, man, Reigns is. He's he's in the Superman formula. It's it. I mean, this is what they're doing with him. It's the same formula. Roman Reigns matches have the same formula now as Hogan, as Cena, and as Superman. All right, it's you're gonna get you're gonna get your ass kicked. I hope you like getting your ass kicked, Reigns. I hope Roman Reigns. I hope you like getting your ass kicked. Roman Reigns used to be able to go into a match and control the match. That's just what they did. He would go in and he would demolish his opponents nicely. He'd have good matches, but not anymore, my friend. Welcome to the Superman uh, formula. It's You're going to get your ass kicked a lot. You're going to do a dumbass fucking move at the end, and you're going to win. But you're going to get your ass kicked a lot by a lot of heels. And it's just, I don't, I don't think they need to do that with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns appears to be a badass. You know, uh, he appears to be a badass. There's nothing under card, I don't think, about Roman Reigns, except for the audience. Put him heel. If they're all booing for him anyways, put him heel. I think they did a lot for his career and a lot of benefit. By not having him win at WrestleMania, I think helped Roman Reigns so much uh, because, again, it just gives him time to develop a little more, to grow a little more, to let the audience heal him or face him or let him heal or face himself. Uh, But he definitely needs a little bit of a a different change, I think. I I would really like to see a heel heel stretch for Roman Reigns moving forward. Uh, Speaking of moving forward, the Divas match. Oh, God, I don't even know what to say about the Divas match last night. Naomi and Paige versus the Bellas. which, you know, AJ Lee retires, so that's the thing. Uh, she retired. She stayed silent for a few days. On April 3rd, WWE released the following statement. AJ Lee, April Mendez, has decided to retire from in-ring competition with WWE. We wish AJ the very best. Two days later, on April 5th, AJ Lee broke her silence about the retirement uh, as she tweeted, Break the rules. 
be a fighter. Any dream is possible if you are brave enough to do it your way. Thank you all. Uh, and then CM Punk tweeted, and in response, CM Punk tweeted about it. Hashtag thank you, AJ. Uh, even WWE legend McFoley went to Facebook about AJ Lee retiring. Uh, about the following the announcement, McFoley said in response to AJ Lee retiring, uh, AJ Lee has retired from WWE. And somehow that just doesn't seem right. I have been talking for a while about a revolution in women's wrestling, and I really do believe we are on the verge of a new dawn for women's wrestling. When that new dawn arrives, it would only seem fitting that AJ be allowed to bask in the warmth of the rays that she helped make possible. And he's right. She did help make it possible. She is an amazing talent. This is AJ Lee leaving the wwe is a huge blow to the divas division which is an already suffering divas division at that she was champion for 295 days and i was upset when she lost it she's one of the only women they had that could actually uh go on the main roster page is great natty you know but natty's used so poorly uh she had a great outfit at wrestlemania 31 great look she has the look of a champion and the in-ring skill set to go with it uh does natalia nightheart try as hard as she used to in the ring does she try to put on the five-star match every time now or is she been toned down a bit like if she did uh if she if she has toned it down, I'm going to say it's probably because of frustration, right? If there is a reason, like, I don't care what your job is. Uh, if you don't feel you're appreciated for your hard work, then you're probably not going to work as hard. Uh, and I really feel Natalia has just been misused and underused for so long that she deserves every to hold that title for. She's such a good performer. Anyways, I think it's time to bring a couple ladies up from NXT. The Lucha Dragons and Neville are looking great on the main roster. In two weeks, they made a huge impact. Uh, I, I think it's time to bring up the ladies, and not just Charlotte, not just Sasha Banks, but Charlotte and Sasha Banks. And why not Bailey while you're at it? It has to happen. Has to happen. If you expect to carry the Divas division because the Bella Twins aren't going to do it by themselves. Nobody cares about the Bella Twins. Nobody. People care about Brie Bella as a face and Nikki Bella as a heel, but nobody cares about the Bella Twins anymore. First off, if this was 20 years ago, these chicks would be face as fuck. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I will say Brie did tease on Twitter that she may be winning the WWE Divas Battle Royal on Raw next uh, week. So we could maybe we'll see that split up. I think that would be great. Go back to the story that just never continued. Uh, like I said, Paige is great, but she doesn't have a belt, and she can't get away from wrestling the fucking Bella Twins. And how? And now that AJ's gone, the, they teamed Paige up with Naomi, who is no kind of replacement for AJ Lee. AJ Lee is an incredible in-ring performer who executes and delivers every single spot. That, and she knew how to sell everything. She sells everything. Naomi gets in the ring, and it's welcome to botch city, bitch. She looked terrible on Raw last night. The only thing she executed successfully was ass to mouth, all right? But with AJ Lee, hashtag thank you AJ gone, this opens a huge hole to be filled. Who's going to fill it? We got, I, it, I think Brie Bella could 
really, really capture the fans. I think she was on a good verge of really being a big face of the company in that divas division. But it's let's let's start bringing the talent up. All right, like like I hope Mick Foley's right. I hope we are on the verge of a huge change of a revolution. Uh, it needs to happen. Um. New Day, uh, with their backstage promo, I found interesting. The clap, 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 clap. Acknowledging the New Day sucks chance uh, is smart. It's smart, okay? And and then they got a heel booking, which is even smarter. All right, New Day versus Lucha Dragons, and the Lucha Dragons went over. All right, this, they did a lot of really good things here. They did a lot of really good things. New Day, uh, we talked about last, desperate need of that heel change. All right, and when the audience is coming out, when the audience has decided you are going to be heel, then it's time to let them be a heel. But they're going to have to change their character a little bit. You know, Kofi was still a little Kofi. Big E's still a little dumb. There's the whole picture, they're just... Change it up. Don't be as friendly. Like, you know, with Sheamus's new heel approach, I, I just think he should, could, should, could smile a little bit less. But uh, New Day versus Lucha Dragons. Luchas look amazing. Amazing. Those guys are great. I know two weeks ago I came out and I said that Sin Cara was in desperate need of a gimmick change. And, I you know, in the long run, I feel that. But right now, let him go. Lucha Dragons is great. Lucha Dragons. I really like what's going on there. Uh, and speak while we're in the tag team division, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd love the team. I'm glad they both have gold, even though Cesaro is so much better th than being in a tag team. Although I really like what I'm seeing out of the two. Uh, they have fun new moves. They have a lot of attitude. Uh, and they tag team. Uh, the tag team has even helped. The tag team of Cesaro and Tyson Kidd has even helped sell Natalia repackage Natalia as a heel which is exactly where she should be right now this tag team is doing a lot of good it's great um, uh, and, and it's it's a long necessary overdone heel turn for Natalia but Cesaro and Tyson kid here's the thing they don't have to have the same look they don't have to look alike all right Th uh, the two of them alone make a great team the fact that they're both international the fact that they're both a little cocky they have a similar I'm better than you kind of personality and they both are amazing in ring performers they're great wrestlers cesaro doesn't need to wear headphones he doesn't they don't need to look alike they just they have enough similarities from just their persons they're both amazing talent and you and it's and you know so good i like the tag team i'm glad the gold is on them uh they definitely deserve it uh sheamus Handled his crowds well with these you look stupid chants. He handles them like a pro. Uh, he just shuts them down immediately. He doesn't let him get to him. He doesn't show frustration. He just he insults the crowd a little bit, and then he just shows that it doesn't. And he moved on. Uh, what, the Mark Henry walkout on Sheamus, right? And that I don't, and Sheamus said, "I don't waste my time with has-beens, fella." 
Which, I mean, is probably the smartest thing that he could have said at that point. I, 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 I think. I mean, Mark Henry is a guy who definitely he had the Hall of Pain. Uh, he's but he's passed. He's definitely passed. He has not gone over in a long time. If he didn't get the belt from Cena during his fake retirement, he's not gonna get the belt. All right. He's publicly came out in the past few weeks and just admitted he's close to the end of his career. All he should be doing now is putting people over and helping pro with uh, their social uh with helping with the children and all of that wonderful stuff so i i'm mark henry i mean i don't it doesn't do a lot right i don't think it did a lot for roman reigns i don't think it's going over on mark henry is going to do a lot for sheamus i think sheamus is new fresh hot and i just don't think mark henry is can really do much to help push this new this new sheamus fella so all right, Miz versus Mizdow. Why is he still going by Mizdow? Why did he lose? <laughs> and why are they giving this match away for free? All right, let's go over these. Why is Damian Sandow still going by Mizdow? Are they not? They are separated now. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Miz gimmick to begin with. I think it's Sandow that's over, not this Mizdow character. Uh, people will cha chant for Sandow anyways. I want Bring back the I am greater than you. Bring back the you're welcome. Bring back Damien Sandow. It's, we don't need a Ms. Dow, okay? That's not going to be his character moving forward. He played the part. He's got over. He's popped. Um, but he, what, this, on such a build, you're going to have them lose their first match just – with a handful of tights, what kind of, if you're trying to make it look like, oh yeah, but it wasn't fair, a handful of tights is not the way to do it. I mean, it's just, it's just a handful of fucking tights, all right? And why are they giving this match away for free on Raw? I mean, I get it. It's Raw. It's awesome. But that match has had such a build. They've done so well building that story. They have carried it for so long. They waited, they waited, they waited. And then they just gave it away and they had Sandow lose. Why? What is, are they trying to wrap this up? Did something happen? Does Miz have to go film another movie? Does he have to film the Marine five, uh, seven? I don't know why I, this, this, this can't, they fucked up. All right. They fucked up. They, this is a pay-per-view match. People have been behind this breakup between the Miz and Sandow for so long. Uh, and I just am not happy with the way it was delivered, with the way it was presented. Uh, all right, moving on. I, I'm i curious to see what they're going to do with that, if anything, moving forward. Uh, who is the Bray Wyatt promo for? Is he still calling out The Undertaker? Who's he going to? Uh, maybe that's what The Miz. Maybe he's going after The Miz now. But you can't go after a heel after a... He's going to have to come after a face, right? I mean, maybe not. I mean, Bray Wyatt's over as over can be. I mean, but people will still boo him if the opponent is booked right. So, again, you have a heel who's acknowledged as a face by a lot of people who's like way over, like way over. Like Seth Rollins is definitely a heel, but people respect the shit out of him. They respect his in-ring abilities, his mic work, his personality but you know people boo him and I, I think it's that association with the authority which Bray Wyatt doesn't have he's kind of a loner 
So it's easy for you to just cheer or boo for a Bray Wyatt on your own dime. You're not really being told to boo him because there's no J&J security. And I really feel that it's not Seth Rollins people are booing at this point. It is Big Show. It's Kane. It's J&J security. It's Triple H. It's Stephanie McMahon. They surrounded him by a bunch of people who you definitely will boo. Who you will boo. And Because Seth Rollins came out, WrestleMania, with that briefcase. He wasn't with J&J security. He wasn't with Big Show. He wasn't with Kane. He wasn't with Stephanie or Triple H McMahon. He was just Seth Rollins, and people lost their shit. All right? They lost their shit. People love Seth Rollins. I don't believe they're booing for him. They're booing with the authority, for the authority. But having him with the authority just allows them to keep him in that heel position for a while longer until they figure out what to do. I mean, they're not, so. But Bray Wyatt doesn't have that authority behind him. He's just Bray Wyatt, and people love Bray Wyatt. So. I'm excited to see what his next feud is. I'm excited to see him come off this uh, WrestleMania match. And uh, all right, the main event, triple threat for the number one contender, Orton versus Reigns versus Ryback. What? Why is Ryback anywhere near the title picture or anywhere near a main event for that matter? Somebody please feed him and shut him up already. Ryback has no business. Okay, you got a neat. You go to the same uh, outfit des- designer as as Van Dam. All right, RVD outfit. Okay, I get it. You're the character is terrible. The character is awful. I people. I'm glad people booed. I'm so glad when they announced the three contenders of that match. Thank you for booing Ryback uh, because he has no business being in that match. Orton versus Reigns would have been great. That would have been fine. What? Reigns can't go over to Orton right after going over to uh, Lesnar? I don't, I don't see that. I don't think that's true at all. Orton is every bit of a WWE superstar that Brock Lesnar is. And going over to laying down for Randy Orton, for Roman Reigns, would not have hurt him at all. It wouldn't have pushed him back at all. Reigns needs these losses. He needs to get pinned more. He needs I think, uh, or make him a heel, but I think that's part of the rebuilding process. If you people, if you want him to go over at this point, you gotta get people to hate him. Because let's face it, the best way to get somebody to love a character in professional wrestling is to get them to hate them first. Razor Ramon was one of the, he was a huge face in his era. He was a heel first. Bret Hart, he doesn't get much more face than that. He was definitely a heel first. How much do you love Ric Flair? How long was Ric Flair a heel? How much do you love Macho Man? How long was Macho Man a heel? If you want Roman Reigns to be the face of your future, make him a heel. Make him a heel. Um, so... Orton won, triple threat. Looks like we have uh, Orton versus Rollins and Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules is, this is the matches so far. Uh, Extreme Rules match card for at least these three matches for the top three cards. We have the main event. At least I hope it would be the main event. 
Uh, I can't see him going any other way. Uh, for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship belt, Seth Rollins defending against Randy Orton. Uh, what's your outcome? Who do you think is going to win this? Tweet it. Hashtag the Yes Talk. The Intercontinental Championship match. Uh, Daniel Bryan will be defending against Bad News Barrett. And the U.S. title has Cena going against Rusev. Again, I that one, I don't... I, Cena's probably going to win. I mean, look what they did to Rusev the night after Mania. He was just in a filler. I mean, he was just filler. They put him in the diva spot. Like, that's the guy who just drove out on a tank? That guy literally, a week ago... Was on, uh, came to the ring on a tank, and now the next night he's filler. He doesn't have a belt. Uh, was he even around? And so it's just, ugh. You don't bury him to move him on. Maybe Rusev moves on to the Intercontinental Title. Maybe we could see a Rusev versus Daniel Bryan feud. That would could be something. I I hope they don't make it about Russia. I hope they make it about wrestling, which is what they need to do. Uh, so Rusev has a lot of growth to do still. He's definitely young. He's still, uh, I think, you know, figuring out his ammo, if you will, his move sets. Uh, but I definitely, I, I, I'm looking forward to if Samoa Joe, which I've heard Samoa Joe, I'd like to really see Rusev versus Samoa Joe. I think that could be a wonderful, wonderful match for, uh, pro wrestling fans everywhere. Um, all right, that was Raw. Uh, and then they had the Jericho kind of took over. I guess they just couldn't come to terms. Uh, so uh, Stone Cold's podcast is out. Jericho came in, uh, you know, with Cena, interviewing Cena, really? I mean, you go from McMahon to Triple H to Cena. Uh, and, and you know Jericho, I mean, I was hoping for something more juicy. I did watch it. I wanted to talk about it, but I just wasn't. It didn't really do anything for me. I, I mean, Jericho opens up by calling him out on the five moves of doom, uh, which I think was just to show that he was trying. <laughs> this what's the, he's here to fight the Tuesday Night War. I got uh, Captain. What? I got Captain Awesome from the Spanish announce table across oh. tall over here. Uh, so what? As I said, Jericho called him out on the five moves of doom up front, which I think was just to show that he was going to have a juicy interview and he was going to attack him, but he didn't. Uh, it wasn't very good. Uh, Jericho, see, it's like he wanted to appear to call Cena out on things without actually calling him out on things. Like he asked him if he did steroids. He got him to admit that he wasn't the best in the world a couple times, but it was nothing really juicy. It was just, it was just okay. I mean, they're, Wearing microphones, I think they were sitting in front of microphones just for appearance. I don't know what was going on. Uh, but that was it. So uh, I want to go out with this. Uh, the word is Brock Lesnar will be out until SummerSlam. So how are we going to see Paul Heyman used until then? Or will we? Will he be in the picture at all? Uh, I'd like to see a little Heyman, a little Heyman family pickup. I really would. Whether it's from NXT whether it's from on the main card, they really didn't do much. Like, they put Cesaro at him. Uh, I think they've tried right back for a night, Curtis Axel. I, it's, but nobody really he, not, stuck. Like, there was no dedication. There was no follow-through. Like, Cesaro was with Paul Heyman for, like, a, a week, like, long enough to get a nickname, the King of Swing, right? But 
maybe Roman Reigns is definitely a uh, Maybe Roman Reigns is the answer. I mean, uh, people have been saying it, but you have Roman Reigns over here in need of a change. And not the best talker, great in-ring performer, and he could learn so much from Paul Heyman. That's the most important part. If Lesnar is not going to be around anyways, uh, put Reigns with Heyman. And even if Lesnar is going to be around a little bit, do it anyways. Create that conflict. Create that story. That story's there. Those two beat the hell out of each other. Roman Reigns went to Suplex City, bitch. And Brock Lesnar walked out with a noticeably busted face. Those two beat the hell out of each other. All right. Questionably, two of the toughest guys on the roster. So why not give them both to Heyman? Let them have that look. Let them stand side by side for a minute. Could you see a Heyman family versus the authority? Oh, man. But then you have their faces. I mean, but Paul Heyman is so over, I think. He's so good. He's just so good. Ah, all right. Well, this is the Yes Talk. Thanks for listening. Tweet us at the Yes Talk. Hashtag questions, comments, everything. Hashtag the Yes Talk. Follow me. Thanks for listening. Check out my other show on Trending Topics Network, uh, Talk Drops. It's an extension of my web series, Late Night Talk Sketch Comedy Show, Cough Drops. I'm Dustin Kaufman. This is the Yes Talk. Thanks for talking wrestling, and we'll see you next week.